everybody. Welcome to episode 20 of the Culture to Christ podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Aaron. Thank you guys again for joining us for another special intimate episode we have for you guys. Um, we're going to get to a bit of um, my past testimony. Um, you guys can get to know me a bit. You guys have sent me personal messages. We're going to get into that today. Um, Aaron, just how you doing, man? Good, man. It's a big episode. It's crazy. 20 just flew by, right? Yeah. Twin 2020. And well, 2020's ending soon. So that's good that we got in 20 before the year ended, right? Amen. Because Amen. We, we saw like how things, you know, especially with COVID, there's a lot of difficulties with, you know, people's schedules or, you know, getting time to shoot. So, you know, I'm happy that we got it in before the uh, end of the year. Exactly. And God has blessed us with that opportunity. And I think even with this this episode being a time of lockdown, I think it's the best time to even put it out. And God has given us that opportunity. Um, today, guys, in this episode, we're going to get into a bit of what we talked about last episode about motivation and tie that in with um, the our guest last episode, Lincoln, and how God has worked in that and to create that, even that episode itself. And then into my first I'd say traumatic experience at a young age um yeah it's gonna be a personal one because this podcast you know it means something to Aaron and I and I know that there's always one person out there we know thank you guys who have been listening to each week um you know share this with because I know there's somebody that's going to be struggling and has been at a place where I was during that time um but touching on uh last episode you know having Lincoln on and Shout out to Lincoln, too. It took a lot yeah. of courage for him. That was his first time uh, speaking in front of a, a camera and in front of, like, people like us. So, you know, like, it took a lot of courage. And he he, he talked about it, too, how, you know, like, it was, it was special for him because he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to even do that. So the fact that he had the bravery to come on and talk about you know, things that he, he thinks about in his opinion because he still works for, you know, for a news outlet that maybe not necessarily they want everything to be expressed in a way that you know he that he's saying it so it takes takes a lot of bravery and i commend him for that yeah thank you and when we talked about the motivational episode how during lockdown you're looking for motivation we talked about how someone gets started you know and we talked about reaching out to somebody on dms you know wanting to work for free you know serve them and see the benefit and that doesn't require getting paid real quick Lincoln did that with me about two, three years ago. He was getting into videography, filming, and I was a trainer at the time doing content. And I remember I remember he DM'd me and he was like, Hey man, I'm starting to do videos. I want some I mean, I wanted to work on some content. I'll do it for free. Let me know. I'll do some training content for you at the Athlete Training Center. You know, let me know. And at the time I wasn't doing too much content, didn't really want to do it, but I remembered he messaged me. And two, three years later, um, we are building this podcast, we're building a team, and you and I are thinking about adding more guys to our team. And I remembered he messaged me two, three years ago, Crazy. right? Like, I, you know, I just had him in the back of my mind. Like, you know, he messaged me. He's a videographer. And lo and behold, we went to go meet. I found out, oh, you're with Rebel News. What's that? And next thing you know, the biggest story going on in North America at the time, he was the one filming it. 
And you know, uh, Rebel News, I didn't even know anything about it until Frank, Frank always sends me like videos from Rebel News. So I didn't even know that Lincoln was a part of that mm-hmm. until, uh, I think, I think you told me, but I, I was seeing Rebel News stuff from, from Frank and like, you know, a lot of people they, they send because the videos that Rebel News posts are things that are uh, going viral, especially in Toronto. So now that they're building like a bigger, a bigger fan base that, you know, people are being uh, more accustomed to seeing what Rebel News is about rather than just following CP24 and those other uh, media sources. Exactly. And we talk about how, you know, God is always at work, even though we're not. And the fact that, you know, we had him come in and, and check out the podcast a week later, the biggest story happens. He's reporting it. And then he first he helped us out with an episode. Next thing you know, he's on as a guest. And I always want to tell people, you never know what God's going to put in front of you, right? And you have to be ready for that opportunity. And, you know, he was very grateful to, you know, come on as a guest, right? Like he, he was like, man, all these things are happening. You know, I'm seeing, you know, police battle this guy getting arrested. I'm recording at this new job and now I'm you know, helping out on this podcast and now I'm doing a guest, right? You never know when you reach out to somebody what God is going to do with it. So I want people to remember that, that you need to, you know, take chances and get uncomfortable, and then you got to let God work. You got to have faith in the process because Aaron and I would not have ever manufactured like an episode like that. You know, there's no way we could have planned it. You know, like so many things are happening in this life. You have to see what God is doing. Um, and so, even the Patrick, like we talked about the Patrick Brown story before we even knew uh, that he was the one behind the camera. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy how God works and it's all on his timing. And that just proves, it proved evident, right? That even for us, like we like to talk about stuff that's going on in our city. And now we have someone who is actually in the field behind the camera that can tell us what exactly happens. So we're not just, you know, repeating the regular stuff. Like you actually got to hear his story of how he was pushed into the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Like he was actually there. Yeah. So you guys, if you just listen to this one, go check that one out um, and then leave comments, ask any questions you have. And you and I talk about this a lot, how we always want to have God at the helm, you know, of this podcast, always relying on him. And it goes to show when you do that, I think these things are just happening, right? It's like, you know, what are the chances? And we know it's always there's God at the helm. Um, you know, I have a funny story even today. So today I was filling gas, right? And I usually fill uh, by the SO by my house. And so when I went in today... Like, I knew I was just going in quickly to pay for the gas, right? I wasn't, I, they have a Tim Hortons there too, so, but I, I wasn't going to go get anything from there. I was just strictly going in there to pay for the gas. And then, uh, so I didn't have my mask, right? Because I'm just going in to pay. How dare you? I know, that's crazy. But <laughs> no, I just didn't, I didn't put on the camera. I'm going to go tap my, my credit card and pay for it. And the guy that's working there, I know him too. So he's an immigrant there. He doesn't speak very good English, but like I always say, like talk to him. Mm-hmm. So when I went in there, he's like, he's like, bro, mask, right? He's signing mask. Me. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, I got the vaccine already. I'm like, I got vaccine. <laughs> oh, and, he, and then he's just like, what? He's like, he's like, what do you mean? And I took out my pro hockey life sharpening card. I'm like, Get look, bro, vaccine. He's like, what is that? I was like, our hockey team already got the vaccine, bro. Right? So I said, I'm a pro. Just, I'm a pro <laughs> hockey player. I just kept telling him, I was like, bro, we got it already. My hockey team right oh my god and he, he's just like he's like bro a mask bro <laughs> like i was just dying <laughs> there's <laughs> it's just funny how like you know like for me to not go in there with a mask and then he's just like yo mask, mask. i'm just like yo, yo I, I verified <laughs> and like, that's just... what that's what's gonna come to now though oh because yeah. now you know the uh 
who who was it? I think with the the top doctor in Canada came out yesterday and said that you know he's not going to force people to take a vaccine, but certain uh, certain things and certain areas will be restricted to people who do not have the vaccine. And he's talking about you know you you may he said he said these three things specifically. He said you may not be able to enter a hospital, schools, and he talked about. I'm not sure if he said travel, but there's one more other thing that he said. So he's like, you know, like we we want everyone to to move through these spaces uh, with the vaccine or like. It's amazing to me that I saw um, a post that they are mandating a vaccine you have to get tested for to know if you have the virus. So think about that. The virus, if the virus is so deadly, you would know you have it, but you have to actually go get checked to see if you even have it. And now they're saying, oh, you know, like we know that 98% surviving and the tests are by PCR tests and those aren't even valid um, tests for viruses because they could say you have everything. But now we're going to mandate a vaccine. It's it, it, it's it's forcing. There's a there's a, such a bigger plan and it's almost it's a joke now. You have people have to see it that, you know, if it was a, such a deadly virus, you wouldn't have to go. Everyone wouldn't have to go get checked to see if they have it. Like you would be seeing people dropping down or like, you know, coughing and, ah, you know, we need this vaccine. And it's getting to a point where you're seeing now like they're taking away your freedoms if you don't take a vaccine. And now I'm questioning is what is in the vaccine? What is so important that's in that vaccine? Like, are you giving me a higher dosage of it? Yeah. And they said the, the first people who will be getting it, they said are people over 70, uh, people who work quick, in the healthcare system. It's a quick way to kill the population, yeah, right? I, I was just thinking that too. Seven and, year over. And they already have the highest number, right? Like we said, 40% of cases in Canada come from the old folks' homes. So that's uh, one thing. And it, a lot of the major airlines, their uh, presidents, they said that, you know, they're going to make uh, the vaccine mandatory for international travel. So a lot of these airlines, they're not going to be letting people come on board if you're flying international if you don't have proof that you took the vaccine the, the, the hypocrisy of people in talking about body positivity and respecting and having pro-choice like pro you know you can't tell me what to do with my body but then when it comes to a vaccine now they're telling me what i can do with my body and i want everyone listening to do your research on the vaccines and what's in the in the vaccine they have mrna also in the vaccine which goes into our dna and literally changes our genome, which God has created. And you have to ask yourself, why is there an mRNA gene in the virus? What are they trying to change within the human genome that was made by God? And look how fast they developed these vaccines. Yeah. So, like, everyone talks about, like, we don't know enough about COVID. So, you know, like, you shouldn't be having this this opinion towards it. We don't know enough about it. We're still researching. But we have vaccines around the corner. Like. Yeah. They, all these governments, like Canadian government, they've put billions already into, you know, into uh, orders for the vaccine for next for early next year or, you know, like March. So it's like you don't need who wants to be the first people that are uh, being the test dummies for it. Yeah. And it's crazy. Uh, you, and you don't even know the long term effects as well. So no. it's not just short term. Like you could feel I'm good. I'm taking a risk with life over a vaccine. I'll take my my chances with life over t someone taking a needle and going, hey, I'm going to inject this into you. Don't worry, we did the research. I'm sorry, what's in this though? You can't just be putting and... And if you if you work on your immune system, right, you actually put time into yeah. working out, eating right, where it's like your your own, uh, your own immune system can handle being sick. Like being sick is part of life, it's right? It's okay to be it's, sick, guys. Yeah, so like... It's not all COVID. And then when, when people like... They, 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 
I hope they don't think that the vaccine is the answer to not have to deal with, you know, being sick. Because that's like that just goes to show you that they've already implemented and, and they've already the government has already put forth the idea that if you just take the vaccine, everything is good. You're immune. Mm-hmm. We know it's not like that. A lot of times when people take vaccines, there's long term uh, health effects that fuck them up in the future. Autism happens a lot in children. They become autistic. You get even sicker. It you sh- get the it flu. It shuts down your immune system. Yep. You get more sicker. You're putting in the flu into your body at a high dosage. And all of our bodies react differently to yep. these type of vaccines. Yes. We so all have don't, don't think that because you heard someone like your buddy or someone took this vaccine and he's good that your body's going to react the same. That's why like I, I like I strongly tell like I strongly promote healthy, active lifestyle mm-hmm. where that should be first compared to any medicine, you know. Any other supplements you have to take, like that needs to be the foundation that, you know, you're taking care of your body, you're eating right, like, you know, just doing the basics of just what it means to be active and healthy. And thank you for the holistic doctors in Canada, United States, who are standing up for that, who actually, you know, are doctors and they believe in holistic health and taking care of the body the right way, the way God intended it and keeping (laughs) your faith. There's a doctor named Dr. Ben Tapper. Um, If you guys want, check out his Instagram. He's very vocal about the evil that's going on uh, with these vaccines and that the fact that now they're being forced um, is just ill will. It's evil. It's, it's not just, um, you know, the funny, the funny thing is yesterday when I was listening to the doctor, how he's just like, we can't force anyone to take a vaccine. That's not what we're going to do. But we can restrict activities and programs. In my head, I'm like, well, what's the difference? That's, we can manipulate like, them. We can yeah. manipulate their lifestyle to force them to eventually have to choose that. But like, right? how stupid do you have to be to, to listen to a doctor like that and think, oh, see, like they're not forcing us. But them taking away your your freedoms and your rights to do certain things that you used to be able to do without having to take the vaccine, that's a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw how uh, uh, Obama, uh, Bush, and Clinton, they all they all had to publicly go out and, and say, well, look, we're going to take the They're vaccine. They're not taking it you. at all. They're not <laughs> taking it, man. They're going to take a placebo. They're going to take a fake one. They're not taking it, man. Even if, it, let's say it was the real actual vaccine, the fact that you have to do that in public, like that, that should be raising red flags to you. Like you shouldn't have to even think that. Oh, we need to convince the people, so mm. we'll take it in front of you. We should get Obama and all of them to be on go on bikes and do skipping ropes. <laughs> Show us how to actually take care of our lives. Yeah. That's why politicians don't know health. Politicians should not be directing the health of the world. You should have doctors, which were which doctors did do it in the beginning. Remember those doctors that went on the front line in Washington talking about there's a way to deal with COVID that's not a vaccine. You don't have to stay inside and hide from the world. There were doctors who stood up and they got rid of those doctors. They got fired. They got silenced. They got silenced. So you have to keep speaking because the more people speak, the more people are awake, the more we can fight the government. If you stop, if you believe in something, I've learned that, that a lot of people, maybe even Christians, they know the, they know what the truth is in the world. They know the war we're fighting, but they think their voice doesn't matter. Like, oh, you know what? I know. I don't want to even bother. Where a lot of people who are loud are on the other side who say, take the vaccine, stay inside, wear your mask. We got to speak up. We got to speak our thoughts, even though we know it's, sometimes it's going to sound arrogant. We're going to offend people because there's evil being pushed and we got to push back, right? Like we we know, talked about that so many times. You know how long ago we talked about uh, the vaccines too, how this was the whole intention behind it. Yep. Like from the start, we were like, well, just get ready for it because mm-hmm. they're going to make these things mandatory if you want to work yep. at, work in certain places. Like they're already talking about with certain workplaces. They're saying that if you want to come back and work, you need to show us that you took the vaccine. Yes. Look at the compliance. First, it's we want you to be physically distanced. 
and, oh, it's not physically, but also social distance. And now we need you to wear masks. And now you can only work at this amount of time. Now you can only serve this amount of people. They're just slowly pushing you. Like it's not about health. It's about compliance. It's not about your health. I keep reiterating that. It's about you complying to the government's rule. It's not God's rule. It's the government's rule. We know what's funding that business. And I'm, 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 I like to see different people talking about it. It's becoming more obvious. Cause like, like these lockdowns are getting ridiculous. Like, and Unfortunately, there are the people who are lazy, compliant, um, don't actually believe their life has meaning and purpose and just want to take a vaccine so they can go back. And now it's I've already heard this, too, even from like people that are close to me that they said, well, if if it allows me to travel, I'm just going to take it because like it's been so long. But you see, that's why the lockdowns worked in favor of the government pushing the vaccines, because it's to the point now where people are so over not being able to do anything that they're just going to take it You're like okay let's just take it and move on like i don't want to have to st- still stay in the lockdown so they see how the government can control those those narratives in people's minds yeah and it, it's it's sad to see because and that's the, like the way the government controls our minds is if because we don't know who's really running like I, we always want to iterate that guys if you if you're getting to the point where like yeah i just want to take the vaccine to get back to my life ask yourself what are you running from why can't you live with yourself there's something going on like I know you and me, like for me, the lockdowns were a blessing. I got closer to God, closer to my faith with Jesus. It brought this podcast together. Like we're 20 episodes in and this is a meaning episode, episode for me because I got closer to God. Like the lockdown for me was a blessing. So like, and it made me not want to take a vaccine and just talk <laughs> more about the truth. Right. So it's like, yeah, people can say all this stuff, but there's the other side of the fact that, you know, if you took care of your soul, you're, you took care of what really, who you really are you don't, you know, a lockdown is not going to affect you because you know what, who you're listening to and who guides your, your soul and your spirit. Right. So if you're, you know, we talk about suicide a bunch throughout the podcast and different episodes, even last week and lockdown does not create suicide. It just, it, it shows that there's a problem with people. It shows that there's a, the system is wrong that a second the lockdown happens and we don't have distractions, we have to come to the fruition of our soul and realize we're so broken. But so, but I would say that lockdowns can contribute to uh, to suicide if it has affected your like your personal life, maybe your business. It can lead to things where it's like if let's say there was no lockdown, people like look at uh, Josh's employee, right? Yes. So like it exposes it, things. It exposes truths that we have to come to fruition with, right? We know mental health battles. And we, it can lead to mental health battle, uh, yes. in, in mental health issues. And the lesson of that for me, I always take away in which while I'll get into my testimony of this episode, what I learned is you don't, not every, you don't own anything. Nothing is yours to have. When you start worshiping and gripping on to everything you do in life that you needed to stay alive, that's when you know that the devil's got you, that you're going to lead into a drug addiction, to sex addiction, um, you're going to have take on just dark thoughts, become a nihilistic person where there's no meaning. Um, and the lack of God in people's lives lead to that. Um, you know, suicide is wanting to just leave the reality of your world, leave what you think is just all evil. And, um, but you know, also too, so there's a lot of business owners that when their business got taken away from them uh, through the lockdown, they had to close and that's what led them to suicide. Right. It's a tough thing because that's never happened to them in like, let's say 25, 30 years. So that lockdown and that uh, 
the implications of of lockdowns that have pushed them over the edge is something that you know the government has to take responsibility over it's it's not even like because that wouldn't have happened if you guys never did this yes and that's like so I'm saying the government will not take responsibility over because they, they would just rather avoid it and just talk to stick to the numbers. COVID's still spreading, right? Still spread that fear amongst yep. people. And people still think, no, the numbers are not as high because the lockdowns, they were good. Imagine we didn't do the lockdowns. And it's like you, the, the focus is not on love. The focus in this world is ba- based around fear. People have been indoctrinated through the school system to live in fear. Fear you're going to lose your job. Fear you're not going to make it in the world. Fear you're going to be single your whole life. Fear you're never going to make the business that you wanted to do. Um, fear you're never going to get out of your addiction. The government uses your fear. It doesn't care about your love. It doesn't care about the love for your family. Have you have you been watching TV uh, lately? No, I've stayed away from it. Yeah, so, so now there's a lot of commercials promoting vaccines in general not even just covid vaccines the canadian government now has put out commercials saying like i'm sure every people in uh, at least canada who are listening right now you guys will see these i'm not sure if it's like this in the states but because i've been watching tv and i've seen all the time now they're promoting uh go talk to your doctor about vaccines realize like the realize how how it's like to have have vaccines available to you and you know uh, get get to the source of the truths behind vaccines. So the fact that you guys are making you know commercials about it, you're trying to get everyone ready for the new normal that includes vaccines and how and how they want to implement it into mm. uh, our uh, our systems, right? So like when I saw that, I was like, here we go. The fact yeah. that the Canadian government's using taxpayers' dollars now to push drive home this message that vaccines are safe, then they're they're going to be uh, coming for you guys. Yes. And it's not education. They t- they try to make it seem like it's education. It's indoctrination. They're trying to make you... Propaganda. Yes. They're trying to make you robots and sheep to the system. The school is pushing it. It's in the schools already. It's on TV. It's with celebrities. It's on the news stations. It's indoctrination to make you think that these people are here for you. They're trying to make you... Um, not make you. They're going to destroy you. They're just trying to make you... We're trying to steve off the population. And you need to really ask yourself who you're listening to, how much time you spend. Like you said, you're woke. So you watch this, you just see scams, like manipulation. I, I, I couldn't believe how open they're doing, they, they're it. doing it. Evil like, evil is getting to the point where it's so obvious now. It's sad. And I want you guys to know if you're if they're pushing out uh, commercials on vaccinations, ask yourself, why aren't they pushing commercials on physiotherapists, on uh, going to see a therapist, on mental health? Uh, why aren't they... Um, giving you uh different gyms you can go to oh wait they close the gyms never mind <laughs> like ask yourself those questions like uh shout out to my friend tony lee he's a physiotherapist in um mississauga go check him out like there's different ways i would best way to do it don't take the vaccine find yourself an online trainer get to learn how you eat healthy foods start exercising and if you can't exercise anywhere do it at your house like that's going to stop any kind of virus it's it's indoctrination and it's it's sad um, moving forward now to the meat of this episode, we're going to get into a bit of um, my past and a person to me that was um, that still is to this day um, a daily kind of conversation and thought process. Um, I talked about on like I think it was episode six a bit about my past and you know growing up in life and not knowing myself really, parent divorce, living a life of infidelity, drugs, partying, university, all that kind of stuff. Um, And this ties into kind of how 
um, God intervenes into our life and shows us things and gives us reflection on how we're living. I, at the age of, you know, 22, um, I lost my sister in a car accident. And I want to be slow with this in, in talking to you guys because it's not just about the story, but it's the lessons I learned. And I know, like, lockdowns are tragic for people. It's the first time it ever happened. And when things are very fresh and new, it can go to a very um, dark place. Um, when, yeah. so my sister, um, Alyssa, you know, very kind, uh, loving person, um, someone that was, for me, uh, my best friend, um, my first friend. Uh, she was three years older and someone that guided me through life um, protected me, taught me how to dress nice. We talked about uh, Shut up the allergy, right? allergy. Allergy hoodie. Yeah, she was good in the culture and, and she was really good teaching me about music and all that kind of stuff. And when I was living in the world and, you know, I talked about in university how I was just drinking and partying, kind of confused in life. Um, I didn't really know myself. Um, I struggled a lot um, trying to find my meaning and my purpose. And. Um, I think, you know, we are all striving, I think in our young 20s, someone when I was in my early 20s, I was really trying to find what was my thing, you know, and my life was slowly starting to pick up and I finally felt, you know what, like my life's finally getting a bit better, you know, I'm, I'm working a job, I was going into school for fitness and health, and I was uh, beginning to date um, and not... Um, I used to be, you know, a womanizer, a player. I'm like, you know what? I got to try dating. You know what I mean? And I remember that I got into my, I started dating a girl I really liked, you know, I was getting to my uh, first relationship and, um, going into the story, I, um, was seeing this girl and things were going well and I was up at a cottage, um, uh, hanging out having a good time and I remember there was a weird you know looking back you know I wasn't a I wasn't a person of faith I knew God I didn't pray I didn't really know too much of Jesus and the character of Jesus I wasn't saved but I always had God in the midst of my life kind of if things got hard God why this happened why is this going on but anyways I was at this college with this girl I was dating and I was having a great time like holy cow like you know life's going good, I got a girlfriend, you know, like, we're dating, I'm liking this girl, is this, is this love? Like, this is love, right? And a weird, a weird um, energy or experience or something spiritual going on was happening when I was at that cottage. I remember um, looking back, and this is the day that my sister passed away in a car accident, but this is uh, leading up to that. Um, she passed away that night, and it was a weird, weird, very, it felt almost like, it was like a veil of protection that was going over me. Like, I remember sitting down and we were looking out at the water on the beach, you this know. This is before you knew. This is before I knew. Yeah. And I'm just chilling, drinking a beer. Wow, this beautiful girl. I'm dating. I'm, I'm, I'm it. I finally figured life out. You know, I'm chilling. I'm at this cottage, having a good time, making laughs. I just felt this weird experience was happening, like something spiritual at the time. I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is this feeling? It's like a... It was very sur surreal and peaceful. It was like something was protecting me, right? Now that I look back, but at the time I was like, what's going on? And I remember that night, um, I always had my phone on me. 
like always made sure I had it before I go to bed. I always like you know keep my things with me. You do the check. Um, but that night I left my phone in my car, and I woke up that morning sporadic. Like I did, it was like something spiritual was happening to me. It wasn't like I just didn't. I like I was like I have to go find my phone. I was like where is my phone? Like oh, like I just something was going on in my heart, and I raced to my car. And I'm looking for my phone. I see it, and all I see is messages and calls from everyone in my family. And it's like I spiritually felt like something was going on. I'm looking at all this stuff, and they're not telling me what happened. They're just kind of giving me vague messages. You have to come home, you know, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And here I am. I'm just getting to know this girl. I'm like, yeah, I got to leave. You know, I just feel like I have to leave. Something's wrong. I have to leave. So I'm packing up sporadically. She's like, you want me to come with you? I was like, no, like, I, I, we're just, it's like our third date. And like, uh, you know, something going on with my family. I got to leave. I just got to go. And did you drive her up there? They, did we you guys drove go up together, together? But we were, with, we were with one of her friends. So, so she, she could take, her, take okay. it back. And it was a long drive. It was like an hour and a half away. And so I remember getting in my car. I'm like, okay, I got to go see you. And I got to figure out what's going on with my family. I'm getting calls from my grandpa, my grandma, my mom, my brother, my dad. Missed calls, messages, come home, something happened. You knew something was up, right? Was, you yeah, it, yeah, something. And I was driving home, and I'm like, I just got to figure out what's going on. So I called. I called my mom. And I could hear in her voice, you know, and my brother's in the background yelling at her, like, just tell him, stop, like, telling him to come home. Like, just tell him. You know, he was, my brother was there, and just, you know, she was yelling, you know, and he was like, come on, just tell him, tell him. I was like, what happened? You know, my heart's racing. I'm driving home. Like, I'm trying, I'm on the highway. I'm trying to remain calm. And my brother just got on the phone and he's just like, she's gone, man. And I was like, what do you mean? She's gone. I was like, who do you mean she's gone? Like, you know, she's just like, she passed away. And I was, at the time in my life, it's like I felt like things were finally going well. You know, I got out of a bad university experiences and getting away from like, you know, bad addictions, like dating this girl I, I have feelings for. And I met at a fundraiser that I sang at. And, you know, my sister was my biggest fan from singing. And I was just like, fuck. Like, uh. I, I remember saying, I'm like, this is going to mess me up. You know, I'm trying not to swear. It's, it's just like, you know, I just knew like this is going to fuck me up. I just remember yelling in the car, like, my mom was like, just don't drive, swear. I'm like, no, I got to, you know, I can't wait to go nuts in the car in the middle of the highway. I'm going to go home. And, yeah, you know, I and that's the thing, too. Like, I put it out in the world that it was going to fuck me up. It was going to mess with my head. Like, this doesn't that's make sense. That's probably why your mom didn't want to uh, tell you until you got home. Yeah. In fear of that. Like, you know, yeah. that's a long drive for you to think about it. Like, anything can happen, right? Yeah. My brother, I think my brother told me while I was driving, she died in a car accident. So, it's like just lose a kid in a car accident now your son just finds out his daughter dies while he's driving on the highway an hour and a half away that's tough so i remember driving and that was the longest drive of my life just and to be honest you know when i got off the phone i went to god and i asked him why like what are you teaching me like like what is this message what are you trying to show me like why why now out of everything like like my life was going good i was getting happy so like why now are you trying to show me something that she was she a bad person like did does god need angels like i didn't know i don't know anything about the bible i'm like maybe god took an angel you know he needed her for something bigger you know i at the end of the day looked for positives i try i i needed to look for the hope you know 
And so that kind of conversation was going on, asking God, what were you trying to teach me? Why did you take her? You know, like all these different things. And I'm only 22 years old, so I don't really know who I am. I don't know who God made me to be. You know, I'm confused. And, you know, getting there and seeing my um, my brother, my mom, uh, my dad, and the family all came together and everyone's kind of crying. Everyone's kind of responding differently. And I'm looking around and we're hugging my mom and I told her right away she's in heaven. It's okay. You know? Um, and you know what's crazy? So that same day that that happened and what you're describing... I remember being on my own, uh, I think other, you know, it was Instagram, it was for sure on Instagram, and a, a lot of people that I knew were posting uh, rest in peace to Redway, mm-hmm. who was in the same car as your sister, yeah. and like a lot of my friends were close to Redway that knew him, right? And I was just, I was thinking like, oh, like, and it was big news too, like especially yeah. like on CB24 and stuff, and that's when I, like, it's crazy how me and you at that time didn't even know each other. So, no. you, and now, like, you see how God works, like, through, through that instance there, right? Like, and I didn't know who you are, but, like, Red, Redway was someone that my friends were close to. Yeah. Like, I, I saw Redway a couple times, like, at, at parties and, like, you know, different, like, I guess different clubs. But, like, that just shows you how, and now... God brought us together mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, like it's like a, it's kind of like a theory, like a movie, yeah. right? There's always a path God's paving for people. And yeah, my sister did pass away with two other people, uh, Chantel Nunez, who was her friend, um, and Shane Redway. And I didn't actually researching and preparing for this episode because I wanted to still provide value and not just give a story. I never looked at the news about it. I never read articles until yesterday. Wow. And I typed my sister's name in Google. I was like, Alyssa Richardson. And the first thing, like, you know, there's a lot of Alyssa Richardson. She comes up first, and it's a story of their death and stuff like that. And I never read into it. It was tough at first. Um, but um, I'll get into the even the accident because um, I think it all matters. Um, I've had five years to reflect on it and go over everything. And God has taught me everything, like a new year in, a, in terms of reflection. You know, we had Tiggs on about his brother, and it's only been a year. You know, how hard it is to talk about. So I've had five years to really reflect and think about how God was working at that time, even though I wasn't of Christ, and I wasn't saved, and I had no faith. So I, I, I remember, um, you know, a lot of times when, like, I'm young, and I know that when I was younger at 22, there's a lot of people that go through things at a young age, and if you don't have, you're not old, you don't have a strong friend group, you don't have good mentors, you don't have God in your life, you can very go lead to a dark path. And, you know, sometimes people hear a story and they go, oh, that's how he found God. You know, he, a sister died. And to be honest, I went the other way. I got, I went darker and more nihilistic and I might, I didn't feel, I felt less. My heart was slowly going away. So Anyways, when I, you know, saw my family, you know, everyone's crying and seeing people, I couldn't stand being around people anymore. And I went to the gym because my addiction, my getaway was the gym. I'm like, you know, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with my emotions. I don't have time for this. I'm going to lift weights so I can't feel anything. And I think a lot of us do that when we go through hard times. It's like, we're going to go to alcohol. You know, I got to go, I'll go to, you know, sleep with somebody. I got to go find a way to escape. And I didn't want to deal with my soul. You know, uh, a piece of my heart and my ident- I, my identity at the time was taken away. My sister was my first friend on this planet, and it was taken away from me, and she was some, like my older sister. So 
um, you know, she was there for me at a lot of dark times. Um, and I felt a lot of shame and guilt um, at the time because I didn't love her as much as I could have. And uh, so I had to go through that process um, because I didn't know. I think a lot of we do, some people deal with anxiety, depression. I dealt with a lot of shame and guilt. I was trying to be perfect in my life, get the right thing, do the best, be the best shape I could be. Um, and when you lose someone that's so integral in your life and it just gets ripped away very fast, everything you've done wrong in your life comes and hits you like one, at once. So everything I did, every girl I, I lied to, I manipulated, I knew I coerced, you know, all these different things. Yeah, it was consensual sex, but all these things I ever t treated my mom like, my sister like, I just had a, such a weight of shame and guilt. And because I didn't have God in my life, I went to sin. I went to my addictions to fulfill the void. And because I was dating that girl at the time, um, we kind of were, it was awkward. I knew her for three dates. She knew I had to leave. My sister just dies. So we're both young and in the world. And it led to kind of more confusion and more darkness because now I was looking to fill a void. I was looking to fill, replace the piece of my heart that was missing. And I uh, selfishly chose this girl um, in a time when I probably should have just reflected and gone to therapy and, you know, just chilled. So um, when I kind of reflected and had to tell all my friends it's weird like you learn a lot of things about yourself and your friendships you carry I I learned I didn't have as much meaningful friendships as I thought I had with, with my close friends and it was a two-way street I realized that I was very like someone that could always handle himself like don't you know don't I don't need your help I don't need to go talk I don't need to open up open up about my emotions I'll to go to the, go and go to the gym I'm gonna go play sports I'm good and vice versa. So when my sister died and you have to tell all your friends, you got a viewing and all the stuff is happening. It felt weird that, you know, I had to tell my friends, hey, guess what? My sister died. And at the time, like, you know, it, it, it shows a lot of um, struggles in the family. Like my brother had to. So my brother was living with her at the time. And, you know, his... His experience is a bit, I'd say, a bit darker and worse to me because, you know, he remembers, you know, my sister was going out that night. It was late. He's like, hey, you know what? You're going out a lot. Why do you got to go out? It's like one in the morning. Just stay home. Just chill. You know, my sister was working hard. She had full-time job as a bartender at St. Louis um, and worked at Edge Imaging, and she was at Ryerson University trying to finish her degree. And my brothers remember telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, I was telling her just to stay home. You know, you don't have to go out. You don't have to go to the clubs. And, you know, he was waiting up all night. He's like, I just felt something was wrong. And he had to go identify her. You know, he had to go. I never had to see my sister like that. Um, so there's so many different things I was trying to battle with and understand. Like, I'm confused. And now I have this, like, new relationship I'm trying to deal with. My brother's going through shit. Um, my mom's losing her mind. She, she just lost her first daughter. Um, so I'm looking to escape. Like, I can't. I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to keep people together but I just can't, you know? So I gravitated towards, um, the, a, a relationship, um, that, you know, I think I'll get into it, into another episode, but yeah, losing her was the start of something and it led me into, um, dark, dark areas. Um, and that started with a relationship that was 
kind of uh, avoid do you think you feeling. do you think you went into that dark era because you you kind of just felt like God wasn't there for you so you're gonna try to create your own new reality in a way yeah I was looking to then instead of trying to deal with my emotions and the, and the the pain and like I said everything came at once of who I was living like like when my sister died I looked at my life and who I was and I hated myself I looked at everything I ever did, how I talked to people, what I promoted, what I believed in was evil. And because I didn't have God, I just went worse. I just got darker because I was like, there's no way out. You know, I got to make, I'll make it, I'll just do what I can to survive. And when you, like when I had, uh, my sister had a viewing and when we talk about even legacy, my sister was a kind, loving person. Um, she cared for the homeless. She did she would just go see the homeless people and feed them. She just cared about people. She was kind to a fault, like we always say. And I look up to her to this day because I'm, oh, I'm, my goal is trying to one day have a heart like hers. And uh, I remember the viewing, and like it's the the viewing itself is weird, but it was there was lineups outside. You know, we talk about people and the impact they make in lives and the legacy they live. She wasn't famous, no, no, no tons of followers. She worked at a bar, served drinks, was kind to people. And I just remember them, me seeing like thousands of people in two days straight, you know, like all the people that she impacted because when she met people, she was there, she was present, she was loving. And I'll never forget that. Like there was blocks of people in Glen Oaks. Like, um, so when we talk about people and I think about my life and one day, you know, it's like, it's not about having all these people show up at your funeral, but it just reminded me of like, you know, the kind of person she was and, um, and uh, yeah, so I just felt like a lot of uh, shame and guilt um, around it. Um, but I want to touch on basically why I care so much about you know Christ and you know culture to Christ and people struggling because you know I reflect a lot on like you know why she had to go out and what she was looking for. You know, my sister had struggles like a lot of women and men do of seeking validation. Um, you know, being you know a single woman living on her own working hard and not, not having really the support she needed and, you know, what she was chasing, you know, and what she was going after. Um, and I want to talk too about, you know, Chantel Nunez was a very kind, loving person. And, you know, they were close friends. I got to know her for a bit. She was very, like a very confident person. And my sister, like, uh, you know, she didn't have the much like that charming presence. Like sometimes I carry, you know, Chantel was very confident, very beautiful woman. And, but unfortunately, when you live a life away from God, you chase culture and you chase whatever the world thinks makes you feel good. Um, I don't get too much in the details because, you know, I think, uh, you know, his parents, you know, lost their son. And um, there's a lot of anger and stuff you can come up with because he was driving, right? And driving late and 427 and essentially the car just... Apparently he fell asleep, the car veered off and just hit the guardrail. Um, my sister died on impact. So I look at it, I'm glad she didn't suffer. She just died very quickly. Um, I don't think I should get into details about how they, unfortunately they didn't get to, to, to die as quickly. And fortunately people were trying to help them get out, yeah. Shane and Chantel, um, but they were unsuccessful. Um, there's a lot of thoughts, right? But I, for me, I just always say like, my sister would love and uh, I never had once any kind of bitterness or anger, resentment. You know, it's like he lost his life too. 
he's got family and people that cared for him. Like, yeah. my interactions, I remember, like, in clubs or, like, at parties with Red... So, there was one party at... Uh, it was a Mississauga condo, like... And it was, a, it was like, an all-white party. And that was, like, I think one of the first times where I met Redway. And then Redway would be asking me, he's like, yo, he's like, yo, I need, I need some fresh gear. Like, that's what people usually ask me for, right? Stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, it's... It's, it's crazy to me to think how that's how like we're kind of connected in a way through that yeah right and there's a story Cause that I, when we met each other we didn't i didn't know about the this the, about the whole situation right yeah then like yeah i don't talk about this story i yeah. never i never shared any of this story before any of this information and even with you i, I it's i never ever mention it to people mm-hmm. it kind of happens over time like but that's how that's how i feel like god is always present at work yeah. Like we have a culture to Christ podcast now and we knew nothing about each other before. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, yeah, it's the, um, God puts people in, in your, in your, in your, in your place, right. In the place that maybe sometimes you need it or there's a bigger plan. He wants to be fulfilled. He wants his word to be spread. And, you know, for you guys listening that maybe have lost someone close to you and tragically or through cancer or murder or whatever, it's always for God's glory. Everything that God uses the devil right he uses your evil he can make it something good he can build grace he can bring forgiveness and yeah like that happening and then us always we're building a friendship you and i were talking at you know went to go eat that one time and that's when i ta- told you about how you know my sister passed and then we found out holy cow like i we knew similar people um it's just it's not but it's you not but you you also brought me closer to christ that's why culture to christ because you helped me also bridge that gap like a lot of the things that we talked about you've brought new uh a new level of thinking to me that i wasn't i wasn't exposed to so like you were the first person who even told me i still told this to you before about stop fo- focusing so much on the religion and more on the relationship mm-hmm because I, w- I was always about following rules, this and that, right? And that's yeah. when I felt that, how could I live up to that standard when it's it's so hard? It's so hard. Right? Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, everyone has a story. And what we're doing with this podcast and, you know, like you having the courage to do this the same way Tiggs did, right? Because yeah. I feel the, the emotions. They, like this took a lot, a long time for you to, you know, come to that uh, that place where you're comfortable to share with everyone. Yeah. So obviously it's something that like I, I I can't, you know, like because that's never happened to me, I don't have that testimony in my life. So I'm grateful for people like you and Tiggs that can open up because I don't I don't even know how I, I would feel. Right. Yes. And that you're always about paying it forward. Like what can people learn from your experience? Amen. And from like what the stuff that you've been through, because like you said, some people, when tragedy happens, they all, they find God and like they're, they want to change their life. You, you went the opposite. You went down even a darker path. Yes. Um, I, that's why I'm so passionate and, and not passionate, but it's a purpose for me to not, I want to help others not have to, not to have to go through what I did. Um, to come to Jesus and come to Christ to know it's about your heart. It's about your soul and you need to change that. And I never wanted to make losing my sister some kind of woe is me victimness. And I did that for a bit. Um, you know, getting into a relationship I know I shouldn't have got into, you know, I'm like, my sister just died and here's this girl I had feelings for, but now I'm all fucked up and I probably should go into therapy, but I got into a relationship and that in itself was toxic. Um, not even just about sin, but just about um, being unfaithful, 
um, being very bitter, it starting to build a resentment in me. And I was just chasing, you know, culture again. And a lot of different things happened to me. So I remember, you know, would you say you were drinking more and partying more too during that time or like becoming more savage mode? I think I refl- I had a I, well because I was meet, dating this girl, I spent way too much time with this girl. Like afterwards, she went she came to see me the day she died. Um, so the day I found out, she drove down. We saw each other, and I was like, "Wow, that takes a lot of courage for this girl to come do that." Maybe she uh, she you know, really does care for me. So for she died August first, twenty fifteen. So for the, about that month before university began again, we hung out with each other and got to know each other. But unfortunately, when people get to know each other in traumatic experiences through trauma, it's very it's toxic. It's like it's very like she's my savior kind of thing. It's very unhealthy. And you end up abusing the person that you just end up abusing each other. Right. So I had to learn through that experience. And maybe I'll touch on, you know, testimonies in my relationships and the things I did wrong. So people don't have to kind of do the same thing. But the drinking was actually it happened later on, I'd probably say few months four or five months maybe like in the new year of that of the 2016 after that relationship was kind of all over the place and pretty fucked up um but I really just reflected on my life because I looked at okay you know now I'm I'm feeling all this shame and guilt of how I live my life like who I am as a person how I talk to people you know I promoted people not to be in relationships you know go on tinder just fuck around be a player go out and party at the clubs every weekend be a savage get jacked all that type of stuff man like man's man And I looked at even my friends, like, so after my sister passed, the viewing passed, you kind of get high, right? Like all these people are giving you attention and it feels surreal. It feels like you're in a a different world, right? Because everyone's trying to reach out to you and talk to you. And then you're just by yourself, you know, and none of my friends reached out to me. And I was like, man, like no one wants to see how I'm doing, hang out with me. That's rough there, eh? That's how you... Uh, and that, and it really, at the time, because we, we start to become a victim. Like, I started to become a victim of my life. God just took away my sister. And now I'm like, what else is he going to do? You know, now my friends don't even want to, like, hey, man, how you doing? Want to go get a coffee or something? And it hurt me at the time. So I became very isolated and very like, okay, I'm on my own. And I'll have no God in my life. So what am I going to do? And, you know, I'd probably go try to find a one-night stand, you know, go to the gym I'd go to the gym like crazy just train and then go find a one night stand real quick and then be like hey I can't talk to you because you know I'm just trying to do this um I remember basically so I dated this girl for a bit she went to university was back and forth yada yada we both did some unfaithful things um when I tried to drink again is when I went to um you know Doug um, me, Doug, I had a guy named Jake, Sebastian Mike Saya too you know Saya boy <laughs> right yeah. we all did a road trip to Boston and it was my in my in my car. We drove eight hours up. It was kind of last minute on uh, reading week for February. And we're like, yo, let's go to Boston. Let's party. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just I'm, I just you know had a really bad year. Clearly, I don't really know. I need to have some fun or some enjoyment. I just this relationship with this girl I thought was real is just kind of just like toxic for me and her. I'm all loathing. Let's go have some fun, right? What guys do? Go party, right? Let's go to Boston. Nobody knows us there. Let's go wheel. Right, the road trip was probably the best part. Was probably the drive up there, just making jokes, chirping each other. But especially with Saya. Oh my goodness, Saya! <laughs> Saya is the Saya's. funniest guy, bro. Shout out to Saya. He gave me some good beads. Uh, um, he's the funniest guy in the locker room. He's so funny. He and can say be, what you want. The guy buries. He buries hey, too, baby. Say what you want. Overtime winners, game winners. <laughs> That's why you know he's a Zach Hyman of the group. Yeah. And we went up to Boston, 
and it was a good time. You know, it was like, okay, like I hadn't, I, I probably didn't really, I had a hard time drinking because my, like, I was like, for me, it was like my sister's death because she wanted to go out and party. So like every time I try to do it, like, I was like, I can't do this. Traumatic thoughts. Yeah. Right? It's just traumatic. I'm like, I lost my sister to the culture. So I always say like, she wanted to go party. I was living that life. Like, and I had a lot of shame and guilt because there were so many nights when I was younger, drinking and driving, waking up, going to work, hungovers, crap, draw, like I'd run over, um, islands and like all this different kind of stuff. Right. Um, short, quick story. Even one time when I dropped out of university, but I went to go visit Doug, my buddy in Guelph. And I had work in the morning. I was working at Fortino's in Burlington when I dropped out of university. Shout out to Fortino's pizzas. Those <laughs> yeah. are unbelievable. No free ads. No, <laughs> no free ads. You've had it though, right? It's good. But Crazy. when you work there, you don't want to eat there, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so I went up to go party with him and I had to wake up for a 7 a.m. shift. And I'm still like, this is before my sister died. So I was partying hard. I, you know, I, ch- I would chug a Mickey Jaeger before I went out and then go get no drink more. So I was drunk as shit waking up. And I was driving home pretty much still drunk and Doug was there and I had no winter tires. It was a snowstorm and, um, I was driving and I'm like, man, Doug, I can't believe we made it like going off the exit. All of a sudden, boom, just the car just turns and we're starting veering. Like, I'm like, yo, Doug, hold on, bro. Like, I know we're going to, this is messed up. And boom, we fall into a ditch. Our, our car is upside down like this. And I'm oh, looking up at Doug like this. I'm like, yo, you good? You good? And I'm just thinking about my life. Like, I'm done. Crazy. Cops come. I'm, I'm, I'm shit-faced. DUI. Yeah. And by the grace of God, five minutes later, a tow truck guy came. He's like, I'm going to get you guys out. Pulled us out. I said, thank thank you so much. Right? And That I'm was like, your angel. I was like, Doug, you got money? Pay this guy? Like, he just saved my life. So when my sister died, you know, and I just I had so much shame about how I was living. Like, it just And was, imagine you got a DUI there. Yeah, you'd be like, now it's just uh, the world's against me. Everything. So I, um, so that was a short story about how like you know drinking and driving don't do it, guys. I did it and a lot of, dealt with a lot of shame and guilt. Did more shit. Um, but yeah, so when we went to Boston, we partied and stuff. I remember like the first night I tried to drink, I would literally drink, and I couldn't get drunk. I was like pounding shots. I'm like, yeah, like, I can't. It's like my body wouldn't allow it. It was like I was so afraid. So I became very uh, afraid of the world of bad things happening. Because I just lost my sister, so I was like, "Yo, I was, I'm trying to drink, but like, I can't. I, my body wouldn't allow it. I would just stay sober." Oh like my Steve God. will do it. Yeah, we, we I, should have filmed that again, before. <laughs> Alex right? will do it. Should Alex will do it? Because he's just we not could have had a million subscribers. Yeah. Right? yeah, honestly. So I was pounding back drinks. I'm like, "Boys, I can't get drunk. Like, what's going on here?" So the first night went out. Whatever it was fine. I felt awkward dancing in clubs. Whatever. And then it was the second night that really you know affected me. I was I finally was able to get drunk, and I got to a point where I was just like going out to a club and the first thing I see is a homeless guy and I just break down crying because like, like that's my sister like I didn't understand why my sister was so loving it bothered me when I was younger like why she cared for homeless people why she was always treating people kind who were mean to her I was very nihilist like yo fuck that guy he's treating you like shit I'm gonna knock him out like I was like <laughs> why are you so kind to people I got mad she used to do 100 days of happiness on Instagram she do I'm doing 100 days of happiness and I used to make fun of her I'm like this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen you're trying to promote happiness, and lo and behold, look at my Instagram account. What I'm trying to do. You I think also that shows how you were protective over her. You didn't want yeah. people to t- take advantage of her. You didn't want her, you know, because sometimes the people feel that you always caring about these initiatives and homeless people. It's a sign of weakness. Yes, where it's like you shouldn't be giving to homeless people, or you shouldn't be caring about this, this and that, because who's doing it for you? And what I learned in my reflection is because 
I knew it was, I thought it was wrong because I was an evil person. So I knew evil people. I knew when guys were just trying to use her for sex. I knew guys that were do things because I was doing that to girls. So I'm like, you kind of get what you get in life. You know, you want to, if you want to stop something, start first with yourself. Right. So I saw how she was treated by people, by men in her dating life. And I was the same way to women. So I knew evil. And that's why I'm so a big proponent of God and Jesus Christ, because I danced the devil for so long. I knew I was doing evil things like I knew it. Um, so, yeah, when that story in Boston happened, I, I drank, saw a homeless guy, broke down crying, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's, a, that's a good story, actually. That's actually a good time when I think about it. But I was just <laughs> kind of in, I was lost in the sauce. You know, I was back into drinking, back into partying. You're just chasing anything that's yeah. cool, that's fun, trying to get some yeah. uh, and then I'm emotion. Like, and I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm good at. I'm good at partying. I'm a high-energy guy. I love to dance. Like, women love it. I'm a singer. You know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do this. I'm going to do whatever I want kind of ride that wave and I just led into more toxic things sleeping around etc um but I, yeah I just so that's kind of that first testimony guys of just you know I where of where it took you like yeah you want you wanted to, to I share. thought yeah I, I thought I started to believe life didn't matter and when I started to be unfaithful you know I never I actually never even told um, my, she was my first girlfriend. I never told her I was unfaithful. So, um, you know, hopefully she never has to hear this because <laughs> I actually, I prayed on it a lot because mm. I had a high moral code about that stuff. Cause you know, my parents got divorced, who knows what happened there. And, um, when my sister died, it became very dark. And, you know, when opportunities arose, if I'm drinking, I'm sleeping with a girl. Like that was just my, my initiative because it was already in my heart. I was already doing that sober. So I'd go out with the boys and if the opportunity came, I would do it. And I knew it became evil because I would lie to that person. And I was like, okay, like, I'm in, I'm committing to the devil. Like, I knew it. Like, I just knew in my soul, like, I'm committing to the devil. Like, I'm lying now. I'm still going to date this girl, but I know I've, I've cheated. I've, and I, I've had a hard time. I've even reached out to different Christians about it. I'm like, hey, like, this happened years ago. I never told this person. Like, do you think I should, you know, will God forgive me with this? I haven't never told this person. And like, I know they're in a new relationship. So like, is that necessary? It's been years. Like, hey, guess this is what happened. And. Um, you know, I had to reflect on that because the person was like, are you doing it for you? Are you doing it so you can feel better? You know, is it, is it a time, you know, I had to pray on it. It took a long time. It was even, it was actually during lockdown. I was like, you know, God was hitting me about all the, all these things I hadn't repented on and for, and asked for forgiveness, you know, and I've, you know, never told that person. And then I'll, I'll get into it like eventually guys later on in the podcast about other relationships I got onto, because I think, um, we, we as people, relationships become a very place of uh, deal, not dealing with your issues and just getting into toxic relationships and causing more abuse and destruction. But so did you end up doing it or no? No, I never told her. Oh, okay. Never but did. But still on your heart, right? I I, I prayed about it. Yeah. And for me, I like that person was on their journey as well. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of both used each other. We were young yeah. at the time, yeah. had our own issues. And, you know... I just lost my sister and I got into my first relationship. So it was kind of like, because you know, you're, you're the first person who's told me that they've went to the extent of, you know, asking forgiveness from, uh, from the girlfriend or like y- you basically told one of your former girlfriends that, you know, that you cheated on her. Yes. Right. You yeah. were the first person that's ever told me that they've actually had like the courage and, you know, the, uh, the bravery to do that. Yeah, it's... Uh, so this is a different situation then. 
Yeah, so this is uh, my first relationship, and then my second relationship I told uh, I told that person that I was dating afterwards that I did cheat on this person. I never told them, and um, I then cheated on that one as well. So um, talk, just talk about a lot of... Uh, You're going through a lot at that time, man. That's what happens, yeah, right? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty evil. It's pretty evil stuff. It's hard because... You think about, you know, I, I hear so many guys, you know, tell me stories and they never tell their significant other. And for me, it's hard now because... That's why I respected you so much when you told me that because I was like, yo, no one does that. Nobody. Nobody. And like, my, you're my, the only person I know that that has actually, you know, yeah. confessed and to that. My friends, like, sometimes I tell them the story and they go, bro, it's not even bad. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess I'm. And the truth is, is because I, I am different. Because when my sister died, I began to change. Like I started to see. Yes, I went evil, and I became. So I became a, a more of a drunk. I slept around. I cheated. I had two bad relationships, two toxic relationships. And I'll get more into detail if you guys want to know like stuff about relationships and stuff like that. But but, but you know, culture promotes that about yes. you know getting away with it. Yeah. Right. Like saw like the the music we listen to, the movies we watch, it promotes that getting away yes. with with cheating. And I learned that you can. And for, honestly, if I didn't feel convicted or I didn't believe it was wrong, I would have. But I just knew deep in my heart um, that, you know, when I started investing in God in my second relationship, I started to investing in God. It was a more Christian relationship, lukewarm Christian relationship. Going to church every Sunday, started reading the Bible, going doing a Bible study at, at that girl's place. And God started convicting me, like, I got to start telling the truth about my past. Like, I always kept my past to myself. I felt like I, was a, I had a double life. So I had my life people saw and the one I had on my own, but I had no God. And it was running with the devil, right? Just, I got to, people will like me as long as they don't know about the, this stuff, right? My, my sexual past. And I would just lie about things and not know it. I was like, yeah, no, I never slept with the girls there. I know I never did anything there. And it just eventually caught up to, and, to me. And that's why when you hear about stories like Carl Lentz, it doesn't surprise you. No. Because you know. know what it's like to live with, uh, like that lifestyle. Yes. I just know it. I seen it. And I know the it, the anxiety and the de- demonic spirits you take on. And I had to confess it to the people and to God for him to get rid of that shit because it was my stronghold. Like, I, my stronghold was my pride and my lust. Like, I lusted after women. I didn't, I had a weak, I had a poor, hardened heart because my sister died. And because I didn't have God, I led, I led with my shame and guilt. And t- so if you don't come to God to forgive you about your shame and guilt, the devil's got you and you go back into your addictions. And I never believed, like when I was doing it, when I was um, committing cheating, infidelity, lying, deceiving people I told people I loved, I was, I knew, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm evil. Like, this is it. Like, I, I can't go back. This is my identity now. Like, I'm just, a, like I told people I'm a piece of shit. Like, I didn't hide, honestly, like it was hard for me to hide in my face. Like, people were like, they were kind of people. But even, even that dated. takes character. The fact that you're open about it with other people, because yeah. everyone that like nowadays, especially with Instagram culture, guys like to hide that. Where it's like you have a guy like Carl Lentz who's preaching one thing, and then you know living a living a lie, yeah. cheating on on his wife. Yeah. So that takes a lot of uh, character for you to realize that and want to change it. Because you came to that point where you're like, I can't live like this anymore. I need God to take my steering wheel. Yep. And I was very blessed because I had a wonderful mother who talked to me about Jesus growing up, about character, about loving and respecting people, and knowing that how I, I knew I should have treated my sister better, like she was a great si- We're siblings, right? You always go back, back at each other, but to know 
you know, I did have a good final conversation with her. We drove up to my, um, my, um, stepmother's, uh, dad passed away. So we drove up for four hours to Ottawa, got to talk to each other about life. I got to show her that girl I was dating. And that's I think what led me to want to stay with that girl. Cause I showed my sister the picture of her on IG. I'm like, Hey, like I'm actually, I like this girl. Like, you know, I, I felt like I was changing. Like I'm not a player anymore. I actually have feeling for somebody. And you know, that was a good conversation. And that was kind of the last conversation we ever had. And then she passed away. Um, so just, I, I, in my head, I'm always like, man, if this happened to my sister, if a guy was treating my sister like this, if someone treated my mom like this, you know, I would one want to hurt them, but I'm like, what would I want that guy to do? Cause I wouldn't want my mom living in a lie. I wouldn't want my, my sister living in a lie with a guy. I need to be honest, you know, and, and admit what I did wrong and whatever the results are, at least I can say, you know, I was honest and I chose, like I said, people to, to God in the situation, regardless of my whatever I get. And so don't you feel that was God's way of speaking to you and putting that on your heart? Yeah. Because we know that like the emotions that God wants us to feel don't always come in the way we imagine it to. Yes. No, it was God spoke to me in my second relationship because uh, I'll tell it. I've told the story of this to you and to other guys and met a great girl three months after my, my other relationship ended. But I, I never changed. I kind of was just living in my sin, in my comfort zones. Met a beautiful girl I found so attractive. We got along. We kind of clicked. Um, and after the first date, which was so great, I went out to the club. My buddy invited me to Hamilton to the clubs and met a few girls. We were dancing, and I slept with one. And it kind of, and I didn't have, and I knew that I had a problem because I didn't have to drink anymore to it. I'm like, yeah, I can do it sober now. You just had to show them the dance moves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and after seeing the dance moves, man, I yeah. didn't know you could dance like that. Yeah, I know I'm a great like, dancer. Yeah. And, then, and it's not good for me. That's why I go to clubs because then it gets too much attention. Um, but yeah, you know, and so I did that. And then I, you know, this girl wanted to hang out again and I never told her. And she did, eventually we started having feelings for each other and we started getting into a relationship. And it became, that was my in, um, introduction back into Jesus because she was a Christian and um, she I'm very grateful for that relationship how God intervened in there and I started going to church and then but I started getting convicted the, the conversation with God got bigger and bigger and he was telling me you have all these lies and you're letting the lies of the devil control your life everything you do is based on these things you're trying to hide and not what I want you to do in this world and you will never have a relationship with me and really come to Christ and know who you are until you are truthful until you are honest and I struggled because I had this emptiness from my sister dying. I didn't want to give that up. I filled it with relationships. And I was, every time at church, God would speak to me. When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? I, you can't come to me. You're going to live this demonic life of, of shame, guilt, loneliness, disparity. Your, your girlfriend's going to suffer. Do you want her to suffer? Do you like the anxiety you're causing? Do you know this evil you're living like? And he was constantly at me. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. Like, I don't have the strength, you know, like I've already lost so much, you know, like my brother's going through stuff. My mom's going through stuff. Just give me this, you know, and I had to come to that fruition where, no, I didn't communicate the best, but I had to tell her it was like a war, war was going on in my head. It was like God and the devil. It was just like, you know, like, I don't want to do it, but I have to, I want to change. He's like, if you do it, I will bless you. Like, so just you, trust you were me. at a crossroad there. At a crossroad. And when, you know, I finally told the truth and. Um, you know, told her that, you know, we've been dating for over a year, but this happened after our first date. And like, you know, in some context, like I told her that our first date mattered. It's like, did it matter? 
I went to, I went and slept with somebody the same day. <laughs> Didn't fucking matter. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm a scumbag. You know, I deceived. That's what I did. I deceived. And you know, the cre- I remember the first time you told me that story, I told you, I was like, Alex, like, that's normal. Like, yeah. I even said, I was like, yo, I was like, you think that's bad? There's way, way worse. worse. But, yeah. And, you know, that, that spoke to me because you... For that to be so on your heart and on your mind, like, yo, I need to get rid of this because it's the guilt on me, it speaks to the person you are. Because well, other guys, like, you know, like, if I was, also, I'll be honest, if I was in that same situation, I wouldn't even think that's a big problem, yes. you know? And that comes down to, uh, to em- like empathy. It comes down to how close you are with God. Yes. It comes down to how you how you treat other other women, and you know it's it's good on you that you came to that uh, to that realization. Yeah, and God spoke because He showed me who I was worshiping. He's like, you worship your sin, you worship what you like and what you feel like, and you're self loathing. Like you're a victim in your life. You're you're a whiner. You're a narcissist, and you you're right now you're because you don't want to work on yourself and come to me and know that God loves you and Jesus will save your life and forgive you for your sins. He already paid the price. You're hurting people. You're hurting not only the person, but her family that, that also takes you in and spends time with you. You're hurting yourself. You don't, no one wants to be around a person like that. And God was like, I have something planned for you. Um, you just need to come to me and, and give up stuff. And it was, uh, and I, when I looked at that story, I was like, Alex, it was a first date. It no was like deal. I was like you guys weren't even dating. You guys weren't even uh, know. Talk, talking at that, that, that at that time. But you, you realize that after all that time had passed, that that was still eating away at it you. It got worse and worse and mm. worse because my heart was changing. Yeah. I, I was starting to get to know God, so my heart was growing. And then that what I did do when I did it, like I woke up the next morning, be like, eh, okay, went to see my buddy, went out for breakfast. I was like, you know, here we got it again. Here we go again. Haha, you know, whatever. And then that, that girl texted me like, hey, how was your night? And I'm like, shit. Like, when I going to tell her, yeah, you know, just had a good good one-night stand. How was your <laughs> night? Like, I can't even laugh at that. It's just so, yeah. how sad is that? But, you know, it's like that, you know, that's that, that's what the beauty about culture to Christ. Because this is this has been going on in culture forever. Forever. Where guys have multiple, multiple girls in one night. Like, that's yeah. normal now. Yeah. With Tinder, with all these things, going to clubs. Well, not now because clubs are closed, but you can still, like, hook yes. up with girls so easily. And yeah. like, and there's guys who they feel no shame, no guilt because they're like, yo, Nothing. like I'm single. This is what, what we do yeah, nice. Un- until, but, but that's what we talk about after you, after you bust a nut and you want to get out of that situation right away, or you want to get rid of that girl. That's something that, you know, that is, it's on, it's on your spiritual, it's, it's something that hits you spiritually and something that's on your heart where you know that every guy knows that feeling of like, what am I doing? Right. Like, yep. and that's God speaking to you. And I always look back like I didn't need to do that. Wasn't even really even that into the girl. It was just easy. Like how sad is that? And here's this 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 woman who's interested in me and asking me how my night is and thinks the date was wonderful, right? Had a good long conversation and I'm a charming guy. And my, my stronghold was I'm charming. I can talk to girls. I and you read that women. book. And I read, <laughs> yeah, I read that. Shout out to the listeners who've been there, right? Yeah, Since that, that no, if you, if you know, you know. Yeah. Some notice, some notice, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just felt like such a piece of shit. And I'm like, I can't tell this person. And I didn't love them at the time. I didn't know I was going to be in a relationship with them. And then that conviction starts to come. And God's just like, you're going to marry this person and have this stuff like lingering around. You're going to marry this person and have these lies. You're going to carry that around. And I think that's sometimes why God puts certain, like having my sister pass away 
and thinking about how people treated her. I'm like, I never want to treat a woman like that or like, you know, that's why God see. So God made you go through all these experiences you talked about in a way to set you up in terms of how you're treating women in, 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 in the future. And in a relationship that actually means something to you because yeah. like now it's like you, you told me this a bunch of times or you don't even want to, you don't even want to waste your time into with certain girls or in certain relationships. If you don't see a long-term thing, like thinking about marriage and thinking yes. about like a long-term commitment because you've already done it and I've done everything. You yeah. And do. like you don't even have that, the energy to, to go through the lies and the bullshit of like, the you know, energy. just normal culture bullshit. Yeah. That's what I, I like to call it because yes. there's so much fluff nowadays where it's like, if it's either you're talking to a girl just to bang her yeah. or you're thinking about you know, a long-term relationship. There's no in-between now. No. And I'll be honest with you guys listening. Guys have girlfriends, whatever, ladies, the guys know what he wants. <laughs> like, the guy knows what he wants, right? Like, he, he either it's either he knows you're you're valuable and wants a marriage or he knows it's going to be a fun few months. We're going to sleep around and I'll f- on to the next. And culture promotes that now. You look at the music, women now, or it's like women empowerment. Just sleep with men, take the D, and be a woman, and have sex, and it's all good. It's like, or, or even from the woman side, like marry, uh, sleep with someone rich, have his kid, and you're set for life. Yes, so that's it, big it's, now. It's double edged sword. It goes back and forth, and that's why I care so much about wanting to lead men uh, to be more integral and have character, and you know, work on the fact that you have a lust, sex addiction problem, like a lot of men do, and. We should not be doing that to other people. Like, if you have an addiction, it's it's um, important to take care of it and work on it because at the end of the day, I think we all do would like to marry someone that's special and important to us. And um, that's, that, that's why God says don't have sex before marriage. Yes. Because that's what's supposed to keep your guys' bond together yes. so sacred yes. and strong. And I realized I didn't treat my sexuality sacred. So my way of getting rid of stuff or dealing with stress, it was just having sex. I was... Um, treating my most sacred thing about me because it's the hardest and most evil sin to do because it happens to us. Like lying goes to somewhere else. Having pride goes somewhere else. But like sex is in our bodies. It happens, right? God calls it soul ties. And I slept around with so many girls. I had so many soul ties with all these different women I cared nothing about. They're just what people call it, you know, uh, the kill count. Um, now people call it bodies and it hurts my heart hearing that stuff now because I'm trying to work on my life with Christ. And, but that's why every guy feels like shit. If when they, when after they bust, when it's not someone who they're actually in a loving relationship with, they feel guilt. They feel that they got to get out of there. It's because that's, you just hurt, you just hurt your, your soul. Yes. Right. Damage your soul because it's a covenant. When God says women, a man and woman come together, they make a covenant. They become one. But people aren't getting married, so you have a bunch of boyfriends and girlfriends and people just fucking around, making all these soul ties and coming together so deeply with each other, but it has no meaning. So you're treating you're treating something so sacred like it has no value. And then even if you do have a kid, you can uh, get abortion. You can abort the kid or you can take plan B. You there's so many ways B, around it, right? You wear condoms. It's, yeah. So there's... Even, even and then same with guys who maybe they say, I'm not hurting anyone because I'm just watching porn. You're still hurting yourself. Yes. Why do you have to close that screen right away and delete your history? Because you feel that shame and guilt. Yes. And we, you and I both are honest about this, about the podcast. And, you know, I still struggle with sexual sin till this day. Every, uh, all, 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 I'd say... 99% of men, yeah, right? and the culture promotes us to be that way, promotes women to be that way now. I think um, 
the f- easiest way to get away from God and Christ is to sexually sin and to get into that and and enjoy it. I did it for a long time. It it ruined relationships. It hurt people. Um, the devil can use it against you to make you feel like you're, you're you're gross. You'll never come to God. Like you're doing all these things. You can't you can't not stare at a fat ass that walks by your way. Like you have to. Like you're so controlled by your dick. Like you have no control. And God gives the Holy Spirit gives self control. He's like, if you're a man, a man of God, that should not be an issue, right? And it's not about fighting it. Like you and I talk, I used to fight it. Like, I just can't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. But if I'm constantly fighting about my sexual sin and my my wanting to jerk off and all that stuff or sleep around women, I'm going to do those things. And, and God says, flee from it. Flee, meaning don't let it even be a part of your day. Your, your day should be about- Run what? away. Flee run means away. run away. Flee. So fight means that like- He's literally saying that you can't it. you can't fight it. No. He knows that's the biggest downfall of men is yeah. women, right? Adam and Eve. It goes back for it from the very yes. first story. Yeah. So, but but you know what God God always says, I'll never give I'll never give you I'll never let the devil tempt you more than what you can bear. Exactly. So it comes down to self control and discipline because yeah. God will never put you in a situation where you can't resist. Yeah. Now that he puts it on you because he gives you freedom of choice to make that decision for yourself and 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 for you to learn from from your lessons. Yes, because we're all gonna we're all gonna slip up, but it's what do you do after you slip up? You're yes. gonna continue to live in the sin, or you're gonna move past it and be like, you know, this is something where I don't see myself in long term. And that's why I was very grateful that even when my sister died and I got into these relationships, you know, for me, sex was a one night stand and sleeping around. But now I was seeing with someone all the time, sleeping with them all the time, not married to them. And I just saw how it just became about just having sex, and then that was it. It's like we're just people want to call boyfriend and girlfriend. You're just you're just bang buddies. You're just sleeping together, and you put a title on it so you guys can do it often, and that's the truth. Um, so, and I saw myself when I was coming to Christ, and you know, trying to be a Christian relationship. It was very lukewarm, very not of God, very comfortable in sin, right, and not reading enough of the Word and being convicted by it. I saw I was becoming less of myself, and so was that person. You know? So, so I want to ask you: When did you start reading the Bible frequently? Like from the point of when uh, your sister passed to you know when you said you were you were going down a dark path. When did you find that reading the Bible was going to help you? Um, the was it a year after or so? My sister died. The girl I started dating actually her father was worked at a church, so I had experience going to church first. At a, it was called Chris Delphian. And I was like, it's a weird church. Kind of looks very like Get Out. I was like, the movie, the movie Get Out, yeah. a bunch of white people all creepy. So that creeped me out. Um, but she she was kind of religious. They I didn't read the Bible then. Um, it was probably when I got into this relationship. Um, this you know very kind, loving person. You know, very works hard. You know, I, I prayed for I pray for all the time. Um, she bought me a Bible, and you know I started. I wouldn't. I I wasn't saved. So when I tell people like saved, what does that mean? Like, I was blessed by the Holy Spirit after that relationship ended because I started to choose God in my life. But I never used to choose God. It was like, I'm choosing the devil. I'm choosing my sin. I like sin. I like sex. Like, nah, you know what I mean? Like, I love playing sports and hockey. Let me work out, get jacked. I would say I started reading it here here and there, like a verse once in a while. Um, her parents had a Bible study, so I'd just go read it. And like, to be honest with you, I was searching. Like, I was searching, and I was excited about it. Because I'm like, you know what? My mom always talked about Jesus. Like, I, I didn't like my lifestyle. I want to get away from it. And here's this beautiful woman that we have a relationship with. And she's talking about Jesus. I'm like, yo, I'm in. But that's not how you come to Christ. You don't come to Christ by someone going like, I'm a Christian and you're not. Let me save you. (laughs) It never works. 
right? Like that's why today I, I'm a Christian saved. I'm not dating a lukewarm Christian. I'm not going to want to marry someone in culture because we're talking from two different places. And I was that person and I saw how I hurt somebody, right? So I was started reading here and there and I was like, eh. And then when um, the relationship ended, because I saw how much pain I caused somebody, that was the last straw for me. I was like, I'm not, I can't be this person anymore. Like I keep saying we can get better, but I can't, I don't, I don't actually want to live the lifestyle. You're tired. You thought yourself as a hypocrite, I'm right? A, I'm a, I'm a, and it, it wasn't even a thought of a hypocrite. It's like, it was like my pride wouldn't let me say it. It was like, nah, I'm a, you know, and eventually I had to come to the truth. Like I'm a liar. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a sinner. I'm gross. I have issues and I'm not being a man about it. I'm being a boy. And God had to convict me and, and show me the way. And so when that relationship ended, like, you know, God put me through a path where like I spent more time watching videos. So first I started with videos. I watched a lot of Transformation Church. I told you that about, told you that. Just trying to figure out why I messed up the relationship. Like what I did wrong. Why was I, why couldn't I tell the truth? Why would I was always deceiving and trying to hide my past of my, of my sexual sins in my relationships? And then so I started to read here and there. But because it's discipline and hard work, I didn't do it every day. It was like once a month, right? And then I think over the time of, um, that probably took about a year, maybe reading it once a month, but I was watching pastors and they're talking about like who God is. I started doing research. Like I wanted to figure out the evidence of God and like, you know, who is God? And like they said, God is the word. And the only way to, to armor and protect ourselves away from our lifestyle that we live before is knowing the armor of God. And I was like, oh, is that like, you know, how, what do we do? And the guys I looked up to, the Christian apologetics, keep talking about the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. And, and that was my stronghold. I was like, I don't want to read that yet. I don't want to read that yet. It's too much work. Like, you know, where do I start? I don't know what. So then I started listening to podcasts about the, the beginning of Genesis because I learned differently. Like I learned from auditory first. So I first learned auditory, visually watching videos, learning, understanding the concepts. And I'm like, you know what? I have to then choose if I really want to be with Christ during the lockdown when it happened and my hockey got taken away, my gym workouts got taken away, and God's like, now you're bare. Like, you think I took away a relationship? I think I took away friendships. I took away a career. I'm taking away everything. You need to be able to see this blessing. I'm like, okay, I'm spending the time in the Bible because that's all I had. In lockdown, all I had was my Bible, maybe some conversations here or there. I walked my dog, Hershey. I already talked about that all the time. And Jesus saved my life. I realized, yes, he is Lord and Savior, and that's why now, yes, it's hard work. I read it. Um, because I want to be stay equipped because I had the devil in my head my whole life of thoughts. And I want to tell you guys, we, we always think our thoughts are us. Like, oh, I think these things, therefore I am. And I watched something one day where it's like, do you know your thoughts come from somewhere? Like, you know, you're just chilling one day and you have this sexual thought. You're like, where does that come from? That's a demonic spirit. Those are demonic spirits coming in. So like when I started reading the word, I had God in my head. So I'm reading the word of God. I had more God scriptures in my head that would protect me from doing bad things. So when he says, cut off your hand, if you can't <laughs> stop jerking off, you show me that. He's like, oh, he tells me like, this is like, I'm, I'm evil. I'm depraved. I have to he stay says, away from so it. Th that, to give that context is God says, if if cutting your hand will make you stop masturbating, yeah. right? Or, or if gouging your eye makes you stop looking at women lustfully, he says, do it. Because if if you don't, you will continue to live in the sin and end up, you know, in hell. In hell. Because that you're going to be so accustomed to living that life so we can't get rid of it. So if you have to do the extreme, God says to do it. And obviously he doesn't mean to cut off your hand, but he's basically saying, 
get get to it if it gets to that point like you have to actually take it seriously if you don't want to keep killing yourself inside and i always tell people i never prepared for relationships when i got in those two relationships my sister died i just went into them with all my untrained self of how to i never taught like you know i have to prepare to be a boyfriend prepare to be a husband and it's like if i want to actually a loving relationship i'm going to prepare for it it's like so when i start reading the word in the bible it prepares for me because i want to be a not just a husband. I want to be a great husband. You know what it is too? You're changing your diet. So mm-hmm. reading the word because it's the food, you're you're giving yourself the nutrients you need to equip yourself when those temptation uh, when the temptation comes yeah. or when certain situations don't uh, don't when, when they rub you people rub you the wrong way mm-hmm. or you know like any trauma that comes to you now, like you've dealt with so much too, where it's like now, like even when your your dog just passed, you can navigate through and you can like see where, what God's trying to tell you and yes. you have that conversation with them yes. where it's like that that takes effort, that takes discipline because you put the work in. Yeah. It's the same thing. It applies to anything, whether it's hockey. If, if you're not playing, when when the game time comes, you're not going to be ready to, to perform. It's yes. the same thing in life. If you're not, if you haven't prepared yourself with God, when that trauma hits you, you're gonna, you don't know what to turn you're to. You're going to a dark path. The devil's coming, and if you're not prepared, he's gonna take you to a place you wish you never went. You'll be in jail. You'll get a disease. You'll be and a you can car speak accident. on that because you've been through it. Been through it. I did it. I did evil things. And I'm, I, that's why I want to be honest about it on the podcast so people can listen to it. And I know there's listeners. Thank you guys who listen every episode. Like we know you guys reach out to us and. People ask me the one know more about my past, so here it is. Um, this was very, very powerful. Even like I, I've, heard, I've talked with you about a lot of the things we discussed, but I've even learned more, like more from this because there's certain uh, situations and certain experiences and things that you felt that I never heard before. So for me to hear that from you, I just want to tell you like it's it's very inspiring. Because like the fact that you've been through so much and you're still here and now we have this podcast together, like like we said, we could have just made a a podcast just all about culture, culture to Promo- culture, yeah, <laughs> just not have anything to 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 do with empowering people and you know trying to help better their lives. So it's 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 a lot of a lot of bravery and courage uh, from your side to to do this and you know I always it's think a blessing. Of, yeah, Phil, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I always think about our listeners now and. You know, somebody who's going through a hard time, lost a mom, lost a dad or something, or they're going to a dark path. And um, I know a lot of people deal with relationships, like relationships are big for people, right? And because I did so much evil and so much wrong, like I want to show them where the light is and where to stay focused. And, you know, it's a two, it's a two way street where if you're trying to have a loving family, you didn't come from one. Maybe it's time for you to be that, to take accountability, take personal responsibility for your life. And, you know, God allows you for me, you know, I'm also armored because I'm so loving of Christ and I I believe in Christ so much because I knew the devil so well. (laughs) So when I, like you said, I see Carl Lentz, I don't get surprised. (laughs) Bro, I did that. Yeah, it makes sense. He's blowing up, didn't really come saved at Christ, has a sex issue. All these women come to him for advice all the time. You're always with celebrities too. You're always with celebrities. It's easy. It's easy. It's accessible. So I need to, I know the devil. I know how he comes at night. So. The reason I always say I love God is love. I don't just create God as myself because I'm susceptible. So I'm like, yo, God is Jesus. Jesus came. God gave us the word. So like I have to make this a personal relationship and choose to actually read the Bible on my own accord and not just listen to someone give me advice because that to me is not enough. I want God personally. 
I want God intimately. I want him to be in every thought I have. You and you talk about how like every thought, it's like you question, it's like, is that from God or is that from like me and my (laughs) sin? So I want more of that scripture in me because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt someone I care about. I don't want to have, I don't, I learned that I wasn't a good friend. You know, my sister died and none of my friends wanted to hang out and see me. It's like, that was the kind of friendships I built. I was more like, yeah, my time and I'll do it. But I don't actually, you know, I had my, my one friend, Anthony, you know, shout out to him. Like I went to go see him. I gave him a big hug and cried. Like he understood my heart and he knew Alyssa. Um, but I had to really reflect on every area of my life of who I was as a person and who I want to be. And now it's about the future of maybe father and I want to be and the husband I want to be and the friend to you I want to be. Um, just gave everything more meaning. Yeah. And I didn't have any, I was meaningless. So I hurt people. And, and what's the, and what in life, right? The ultimate meaning is knowing God. Yeah. I just tell people you're not, don't try to become the God of your life. Follow Jesus Christ. Um, because it's about you at the end of the day too. It's like God wants you to take away and give up everything, follow him. And then he will just bless you with everything. And he has, like, I've already seen it. Like, through all these episodes and different things that happened me reading you was because I was trying to get away from my, my, my sex addictions and my drugs and drinking. So I was like, yo, I love hockey. I want to go to the rink every day and after you know, school. And w- both of us connect in a way where not a lot of people do. It's because both of us, we don't fear death. And yeah. you, you don't, f- uh, I think that it takes a lot, uh, it takes a lot of, of work to get to that point because once you really have a strong relationship with God, and you can honestly say that you don't fear death. It's it's a feeling where it's like it's indescribable. Amen. That's why like stuff like COVID or vaccines or this stuff. It's 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 irrelevant to, irrelevant. to me and irre- irrelevant to you because yeah. at the end of the day, it's like we know we what we stand for, and you know the news is not going to determine my outlook for the day. Same with you. I know Amen. that for you. And as that's well. why I say the good news is going to. The gospel is the good news. That's why I'm like I, you tell me I don't watch TV because like I can't anymore because <laughs> I know what's trying to do to me. And um, you're right about that because when the devil wants you to fear death because he likes you to, he wants you to worship the world. When I fear God, I do not fear death. I fear judgment when I die. And that's why people think that the more money you get, that's what will help your situation. Look at it right now. The, the biggest billionaires, Bezos, Bill Gates, like all these guys, what do they fear the most? Death. That is why they spend so much on vaccines. That is why they spend they spend money on you know drinking youthful bloods because they know they are scared of dying, yes, right? They know. And when you are scared of dying, it's the devil has you because you're gonna do anything in your power to make you to, to you're gonna have to do things to, uh, that you shouldn't uh, that you don't want to do to to help you live longer. Amen. And you're gonna do whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes, and I you can't live that natural lifestyle. No. And there's natural law. People know, Lincoln said last episode, people know right and wrong. But we choose the devil. Um, and that's why even some of you guys might be hearing this, the things I did aren't that bad. But for me, they were because I saw where I was going. And when you when I saw my sister in the casket, uh, that was the beginning of my conversation with the belief in that God is real. When you see your, like I saw my, I didn't, first of all, it wasn't my sister. That's why I keep telling people, like the second that I, I, we had to go, because I never saw her body. I didn't view it when she died in the car crash. My brother did, so he had to deal with that a lot more than I did. And when we went to the viewing and, you know, we, only the private family goes see her. The first thing I said was, oh, she's not there. And I asked myself, why do I feel that way? Like I didn't get sad. I didn't break down and cry. I felt peace. 
because she wasn't there. So I'm like, for me, I'm like, her soul's not there. So she's not there. Therefore, where is she? And people, you know, like say, how do you know she's in heaven? It's like, God knows your heart and how you treat people. God's Jesus says your neighbor, love your neighbor. My sister loved everybody. And she's like, she, even when people treat her like, that's why when I keep saying like, she was living more righteous than I was because she, she still cared and loved about people, you know, but and she, she believed in God as well. Yeah. So yeah. she, she still, you know, isn't, let's say, I always think about how she would, how our relationship would be now, you know, we us talking about Jesus together. Um, but she, yeah, she, you know, she, I, I, I used to carry a rosary in my car that she used to carry in her car all the time. And, you know, more of a Catholic background, but she, yeah, she believed in Jesus. She believed in God, none of that new age stuff. Cause that's what her heart carried. Like, right. Just like my mom. And, you know, it's hard for me when you're, when you're living and eat, when you're treating women like shit and then you have the woman in your life to get abused, it's a really hard reflection to look at like, yo, this is you too. And, um, so it, you know, I praise God because it's all for God's glory. At the end of the day, guys, we go through these tragedies and these traumas because God wants us to question our life and how we're living. And we're not, we got to treat our souls. It's about our souls and where they're going after, because I knew where I was going. I knew that if I continued this lifestyle, I was going to hell. I knew that. I just know that. We all know that. We're hiding from it. So hopefully this touches some of you who are listening and, and thinking about God and adding Jesus into your life um, because it changed mine forever. Um, I have this podcast. I get to actually talk about these things uh, with you, Aaron, and go into topics. And, you know, that's a blessing in itself because I didn't man-make. I, God did this. And the, and we know the world is trying to denounce God. Yep. It's, it's trying to suppress God. It wants people to view the uh, government as their God or celebrities as their God. So we need to continue to, you know, to push back and, you know, spread the message that it's like the government and all these things that are promoting fear, they can't control your life. Right? No. And I want people to be saved. Uh, Just know that you can have forgiveness. Okay. If you hurt somebody, you've been hurt, you've lived a hard life, your dad treated like shit, your mom treated like shit, you never, things go away. Jesus is here for you. He's going to save your life. He saved my life. He continues to save my life and wanting to do and preach the word more. Um, I'm gonna, I want to, you know, pray for the Nunez family, uh, Chantel's family, and Shane Redway's, fa- Redway's family. You know, I went, you know, a lot. It, the sad thing is too is that you know ha- having to go to like court afterwards and like like such depravity of having to see his parents and talking about money and stuff because how they passed away. It's just like I don't care about money, man. Like. They lost their they lost their son. Like I lost my sister. My my dad and mom lost their daughter. It's like we're talking about like money and who gets money from insurance and stuff. Like so I don't you know I don't. That's why you know for me I care about things that are real. I you know like we're I could die tomorrow. You know I learned <laughs> that firsthand. So I don't care about things that are just about chasing the culture and chasing a quick fix. So yeah. thank you guys so much for listening uh, to to this episode. You want to uh, share the last oh uh, yeah good. verse of the day? Look you have a good one. Verse of the day. Um, this is my go-to verse. It's on my Instagram account, so check it out. But um, it's my go-to, the one that when I really started to invest in Christ and Jesus after living in my depravity and uh, my sin and my lies, this is the one that kind of clicked to me um, because it talks about the sacrifice of Jesus and him dying on the cross for me and for you, for Aaron, for Omer. So for everyone on this world, he paid this price um, it's why we have to understand that suffering is important, sacrifice is important, because that's love, unconditional love. So this is uh, Jesus talking to God, the Father on the cross. 
This is John 17. I'll start at verse 7. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given you them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given to me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves, and I have given them you, the word. Uh, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from, e from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. If you're a constant listener, please just like it so others can discover it and to know that you're not alone in this world and you can share your testimony and that you can always rise above uh, the sins of the lies of the devil. Um, thank you so much. Peace.